Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this league, Podcast Network presents... Prospect One. The Fantasy Prospect Podcast. Prospect One. With your host, Chris Welch. This is the Fantasy Baseball Prospect Podcast. Prospect One. What is up, my friends? I'm your host, Chris Welsh, who you can find on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh and online at InThisLeague.com. ThisLeague.com has the brand new update. The Prospect Top 500 list was updated on Friday. The Dynasty Top 400, bam, all of the updates happen. And that's actually what this episode is going to be dedicated to talk about. It's kind of a, a mini episode because I'm a little off schedule. As you know, I was sick a couple weeks ago, and then I did a Monday episode couldn't get a Friday episode in, so I'm doing a mini Monday episode here, and then I'll be back again on Friday just to catch back up, just to get back on our Friday schedule right here on Prospect One. And today's episode, I am solely going to just be talking about some of the big Prospect One rank updates. The big rank update is there, and you can see all of the guys, but I'm going to go through some of the biggest changers, some of the biggest movers, positive and negative, and then a few other notes. So just kind of a mini episode of just me. But joining me uh, next week will be Michael Richards, who you hear over on Fantrax, which should be fun, where we'll answer some questions, we'll have some listener-based questions, and talk about some of the hottest bats and pitchers around the minor leagues. But today, talking about the ranks, and like I said, in thisleague.com, if you guys want to support me, support Prospect One, or if support nature thing and you just want to get some stuff, that's cool too. In this league.com, you can get these and the Prospect One Group Me Room, which even when I'm away for a day or a weekend or whatever it is, it is always popping off with reports on guys, people sharing great articles, talking through, debating. It's a really cool place and uh, get you lots of prospect information, kind of keeps you top of knowledge, if you will. And uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I'm pretty proud that we've uh, built that up and that people still want to join up and hang around for uh, not even just short periods of time, but hang around for years. We've had people that have been in there for years, and hopefully you would consider the same. So come and check it out in this league.com. So like I said, the big rank update uh, had, I don't have it like written down or anything, but I feel like it was one of the biggest updates just because, you know, we were all pure speculation through spring until we've actually had a run. And there have been so many call-ups. There have been some hot performances. There have been some pop-up guys, whether they were popped up as far as like, you know, becoming more on the radar or, or even on anybody's radar. You know, there's like Sedane Raffaella with the Boston Red Sox wasn't really someone on my radar coming into this year. And then now you pop in and you got a situation where, and now you're looking at a dude that's seven homers, nine stolen bases, hitting 292 in high A. I mean, he's putting up, he's not putting up Corbin Carroll numbers, but there's a similarity. I mean, Corbin's eight and nine, you know, with a well over 300 average at double A, so it's not the same. But, you know, fantastic year, just on, just now kind of under hitting 300 and uh, putting up big minor league home run totals. I want to say, yeah, he's three off from his career total and he's only 26 games into the year. So um, like I said, whether it was majorly on the radar, majorly not 
on the radar. Those are things that, you know, anybody can, everybody's got their own perspective of where they're at with these players. But, you know, I've had some big ones. Obviously, like Robert Salinas wasn't huge on a radar, though he did get the call up and then got pummeled in high A. And that's a big thing that's important. I don't think one way or the other, you know, it's not to be like, hey, told you so, you know, because they'll adjust. But that's the whole point of the thing where I push back when people, you see a hot start or you see, you see something you really like or whatever. Because, by the way, these guys, whether they're 21 or 22 and they're at low levels, they can still show you things that you really like. The thing I pick on is that they're there at that age level. And that's what I want to push back on a little bit. But, you know, if you were to look at Roiber's stats, you know, to start the season, you might be like, this is a top 120 guy. This is what he has to be. It's like, well, let's get, let's get some more time. Let's get some more run here. Let's see what's going on. Let's see them move levels. Let's see them be challenged. And uh, there might have been an injury thing that was involved there. But this is get the guys on the radar, but also put them in like a relative perspective. And that, that's what's so tough about rank lists in general, too, by the way is people get very drawn in, and I've said this a gajillion times over, but, you know, you guys, a lot of you guys that uh, that listen and read and stuff like that, you get very drawn in on to, like, the, the hardcore numerical spot when understanding that it's very tier-based. Now, you know, if, you, if a guy's at, like, 300 or something like that or 250, and then they're like, well, I kind of like him just like this, it's like, okay. But, you know, when you pick on this guy being... 101 or this guy being 151 or something like that like that's can be kind of a general range and mine because you follow along with me I think some of the other rankers are doing a lot more of what I do now I think in the past you saw most everybody do like two updates a year I've always done upwards of two a month and I think you're seeing way more people do what I'm doing is you got to remember you're following along with me and where you know you might maybe someone updates their ranks every two months or something like that. You might get three updates of mine in between and you'll see the progression of a player instead of this person over here goes, Oh, this guy was 250 and now he's 98. You might in turn in, in there, you might see this guy go from, you know, 400 to me, then to 225 and then to 150. You know, you might see that type of a type of general move. And that's how you want to try to treat the beginning parts of the season but there's obviously guys that just exemplify incredible performance. Like Josh Winder is a is a really great example of that, where, you know, Josh Winder definitely wasn't a huge guy on my radar early on. A little bit older of a guy. He's put up some solid seasons last year, had a two and a half ERA, um, actually last since 19 and 2021, decent strikeout numbers. And then he has taken it to the major league level. That's a guy that's deserved of like a huge boost. Two points, continued success, and done at the major league level. The best thing you can do is catch it early on, which some people have, but those are the type of moves you want to have where, you know, I'm, I'm going to slowly move along with some of these guys like Roiber, maybe like Wilmer Flores with the Tigers, you know, follow the progression. But there are guys that took some really big jumps and some guys that took some falls. Um, the type of guys that tend to fall for me aren't necessarily like when I don't do a whole bunch of the like, I'm out on players because I think the I'm out completely is sometimes a disservice. Here's an example. How about my guy, and always been my guy, Estori Ruiz? Estori Ruiz is a prime example of that right now, where he's still only 23 years old. He's had some bad seasons under him. And I've moved him up and down the list because of how bad it's been, but I've always kept him in the list. Um, and 
Astoria is having a phenomenal freaking year. 326 batting average at double A, which he is repeating, though. You have to be mindful of that. But early on, five homers, 18 stolen bases early on. And his strikeout rate is about the same. You know, it's about 24 strikeouts and 95 at bats, which isn't horrific. He had 73 in 300 last year, but his power numbers look like they're coming up and his stolen base numbers are through the roof. He had 249 last year. He's hitting 326. This is a fantastic sign. The guy is going nuts. He's hitting the ball like crazy. He's walking 23 strikeouts to 23 walks to 24 strikeouts. He's got a 356 average OBP slugging with an over 1100 OPS. Now he's got to go to AAA and be able to do it. He's got to be able to do it at the majors. But this is a guy that talked about a long time ago. And I had people, oh my God, just all the time being like, oh, I still see Asturi is out there, you know, and he's this and this. And it's like, yeah, he slowly had to keep moving and moving down the list, but it's clicking. And you usually like to see the tiers of clicking where it's like, okay, guy goes to a level. He's really good. Then maybe he struggles or inverse. And then he goes to the next level and maybe he's really good. Then maybe he struggles a little bit. Then he masters it and then goes and you, know, you keep doing that. Asturi didn't really do that. You know, Asturi in Arizona, complex league in 2017 was awesome and then you know he was pretty good in 2018 he hit 250 though but he had 49 homers and 12 stolen bases then he fell off 329 all the strikeouts in the world over uh, essentially about 30 percent hitting under 240 then the next year in 2021 after the big covid break 250 10 homers 36 stolen bases and eh. now he's back at double a and he's killing it and he's moved off position he's now in the outfield right now this guy steals tons of bases. He can hit for power. He's got big doubles power that I saw back in the complex league. He just wasn't making great decisions and making contact. Now he is. Is it something to victory lap? Is it? No, but it's the story. You know, you want guys to progressively be able to move and, you know, your valuations not go nuts. Cause that's a big thing. I think a lot of you struggle with, I'm telling all of you, especially for the messages I get is when a guy struggles, you're like, Oh my God, this isn't working. Do I need to sell? Do I need to get off of him? He's done. He's blah, blah, blah. I get that more when you have a limited minor league system. So if you carry like 20 dudes, all right, you know, that makes more sense. And as story is the type of guy, you just, you, fl- you whoop, see ya, and you just move on to the next guy. But I see a lot of people do it from these open world systems. And unfortunately, and, and to know anyone's fault. I mean, I would have told you the same thing in most scenarios. I would have said, whatever the other guy is, you would have asked about, about uh, over a story, or, you know, you would say hot hands. You want to follow, you always want to follow hot hands. Don't shy yourself away unless you've got insane decisions to make. If you're like, all right, well I got Greg Jones, but then there's this other hot hand. You're like, eh, you don't want to make those decisions, but just coming back, circling around is the panic that happens with prospects. The panic that happens when guys struggle is so enormous in the prospect game that it's not even just like, all right, this isn't working, but people panic. Oh, should I get rid of him? Should I trade this guy? Should I do this and this? And it's like, yeah, you can. You can move hot hands, but you need to understand the volatility of the game. And as Story looked like, you know, he might be more valuable in the early run because he looked very advanced, and he wasn't. And it took a decent amount of time to click and readjust. And right now he's making some really good decisions. His strikeout numbers are down. He's hitting the ball hard. He's stealing bases at an elite clip. He's walking at a better clip, but he is doing it at a repeated level. So even me that says, hey, you should pay attention to Estorio Ruiz. 
I'm not going to go and put him as a top 150 prospect just because he's dominating. No, he's repeating a level. That's that's not the best thing in the world. It's awesome, and it's what he should do. You sh- If you repeat a level and you are any type of prospect, you should do what he's doing. You should dominate. You played this level last year. You should show progression. So that's a good thing. But now he's going to have to go to AAA here soon. And he's got to continue dominating. So those are like the continuation of all of these. And that w- that's what goes into making these adjustments on these ranks is seeing guys be able to re-click and see them be able to, you know, um, check off certain boxes. And guys that kind of pop up that we discover we don't want to go complete. At least I don't. That's just my mentality. I don't want to go absolutely insane about, but I want to follow the line as best I can. And I want to find that point of excitement. So many of these guys, you know, people are like, oh, they, you know, what do they show? They, sh- you know, what, what attributes? These are the best baseball players in the world. You know, there's a handful of international guys that are getting big money. These co- Not every college player gets drafted. So they should, most of them should show some pretty good intangibles. But it, I, for me, sometimes it's not just, you know, a little small time period to jump on. It's, you know, let's see an expansive time of uh, multiple years or multiple levels and let's work through it. We have to be able to follow the hot hands. You got to pick them up before other people do. And, and when we start talking about them and they go, you know, another example of the someone I really like right now and got a huge boost for me, especially after I watched more video and seen the early success. I really like John Rhodes with Baltimore. Hi, a 21 years old. I talked about him a couple weeks ago when I was parsing through some of those hard hit numbers and he was just up there. He just kept showing up when it was like under 22 with a over 25% hard hit rate, hitting 300 with a, you know, whatever it is, maybe it was a thousand OPS at the time. John Rhodes is, he's kind of a, he's kind of like a bulky, big, like fast swing power hitter. And when I say power hitter, like he's not exactly hitting for power, but I feel like what he does, gen- it will generate power. Like he's got the swing of a power hitter. There's a little reminiscent of like Ryan McKenna, but I think it might've been, you know, he's like six foot, like a little smaller Baltimore Oriole that might've got to me. And McKenna's not a great example, but Rhodes is hitting 300. He's got a three, four, five slash currently. He's come back down to a little bit down to earth, but at 300 average, 400 OBP, four stolen bases, two homers in 21 games at high A. And I'm excited to see him move through levels. But I gave him a big boost in this last round because not only did I like statistically what I was seeing, you know, that's that's for most everybody that's going to be a big marker for how they move ranks is statistically. But also when you watch a lot of the swings and you watch some of the approach and then you can count that into a guy that's got a on-base percentage over 400, like I really like him. I really like John Rhodes. And Baltimore's been doing a pretty good job of development overall. So that's just another example of one of those guys. So, you know blah blah soapbox of, of talking about the general ranks you don't really care you just want to hear names so let's go and talk about some of the biggest movers up some of the guys down and what you will see in the most recent prospect one top 500 rank update with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say, I love- 
like you. I like you so much, I'm going to make you my partner. All you have to do is find the gold, and I'll share it with you 50-50. Prospect one. So there is definitely a handful of guys here that did not register on the top 500 coming into the year that made big jumps, like big old new, and you actually don't even see it on the rank. They kind of, they register as like an NA because they weren't uh, even available. So if you were to sort, they would come above the guys that moved up and down the ranks. And Raffaella was one of those guys uh, with Boston who, you know, took a massive jump up. Uh, But again, you know, it's relative because I think statistically you could see a lot of people that would have been like, oh my God, look at what he's doing. He's now this. And it's like, well, it's a month of the season. He's definitely changed his approach and he's hitting the ball really hard. And I'm very encouraged by it, but I'm going to be a little bit more gradual. So I still have him in the 300s. You do it another month. I think you're going to keep going and, and moving forward. Same with uh, Royber uh, Salinas. That's another one of those guys who he wasn't on that list. He's moved up. He's in that 300 area, but you know he also got shelled. He got shelled in his first high A. I like to see those clicks, but I think, and I hope people use it for me, is when they get on the 300, that's a register of like, oh, we're in, we're in definite watch mode. We're in dude watch mode. And at the lower parts of these lists, you'll usually see, you know, I mean, you're not going to see like every single player move every single time. Sometimes you're going to see more of a higher concentration, especially when I do two updates a month, you'll see higher concentrations on, you know, maybe like the top 200 or sometimes you'll see the lower 200. So, you know, let's just say, for instance, it's like the top 250 got like the really big attention. So you might not see big numerical changes toward the bottom, but then you might see like four or five guys, you know, that got the extra special treatment that regardless of even that they've jumped up. Those are things, you know, you can maybe kind of like pay attention to if, again, if you're like focused on my list. So uh, Michael Morales was another one of those guys with uh, Seattle who I really like. I got to see some in Mariners camp and then he's had some early success, uh, at least early, early on but he's gotten lit up just a tiny bit. His ERA is now over five, but his first start, he went five, he struck out nine. Then his second start, four and one third, he gave up five. Then he proceeded to have two more starts where he went five and two thirds, only giving up two earned runs. He had a seven strikeout game in there, but he's been wishy-washy and he's kind of moved up and down. So my point to this is, after the first start of nine strikeouts, five innings with two hits, oh my gosh, he's got to be up here. Now we moved him up. He jumped into the top 500. So that's like the big important thing to understand here with Morales is he jumped into the 500, but he's also had some really washy starts, but he's got really good stuff. So that's something to monitor. Uh, Wilmer Flores was another one of those, the Detroit uh, starting pitcher. I think he's cousins with uh, the Mets. Uh, we talked about him when uh, Trevor Huth was on, but he's now sporting a 2.45 ERA, 29 strikeouts in 14 innings, a sub one whip. He has jumped up as well. That was someone that was not on the radar. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez is another one. I saw actually somebody bring him up in the uh, in one of the Prospect One Group Me rooms, and that's someone that I like the swing. I like that he's a smaller guy. And that was the first thing that jumped out. It's like, okay, let's really look at the swing. Uh, and Manuel Valdez with the, he's a, playing double A with the Astros, five homers, stolen base, hitting 329. And I had jumped him up on the list because he's one of those just smaller, I don't want to call him like, um, a, he's not an aggressive approach guy, but he's got an aggressive, a, an offensive swing. There's a way to put it. That's, that's what I'm looking for. That's a word. He's got like an offensive minded swing. And I think there are players out there 
that can have nice swings that are maybe more defensive or nice swings that are more, I don't know, complementary to just, you know, making it work. And then there's offensive based swings, which is it's, it can be like aggression, but I don't want aggression to be put up as like, you know, this is a big strikeout guy. It's not, he's not a massive strikeout guy. He's an under 30 strikeout percentage guy. Uh, actually, even though he's actually at 30% right now, a little bit more is, I think, you know, you're building for more power. He had 26 homers last year. Uh, this five foot nine one, I want to say they list him at one ninety. Yeah, one ninety five foot nine. So stocky, you know, built body. Hit two fifty five last year with twenty six homers. As you're building for more power with five stolen bases this year, he's kind of back on that same trajectory. He ended uh, playing at Double A, hitting two fifty six last year, and he's now hitting three twenty nine with a four fifty eight OBP. Twenty one. I'm sorry, nineteen walks to twenty five strikeouts. And I think he's really interesting. So that's a guy that jumped up inside the top 500 as well. John Rhodes was one of those. And then some guys that were, there's always some guys that are kind of like looming, like right outside of it. Um, Alexander Ovales, who used to be with the Rangers, who's now with Tampa Bay. That's one of those guys that was like, it's like a floater. He's kind of like floating around in that vicinity. Sometimes would be in the 500, sometimes wouldn't. Those are like the, those fringy guys. And he's had a really good start to the year, hitting 322 at high A, two homers, four stolen bases, and over 500 OBP. So those are some like non 500 guys that jumped up. And those are big monitor players for me because I wouldn't be afraid to give them big boosts instead of, uh, you know, again, like if someone's opinion is stuck on it and they just go, oh man, I look at Emmanuel Valdez and I see 26 homers and he's hitting higher average and he's back at it. This guy is a top 200 prospect. I wouldn't kill anybody, but I, I want to make some slow movements because he's a little bit newer to me. He's also 23 years old. Um, but, you know, I've done it with like Felix Valerio. There's so much I like about him, even though he's cooled off. I gave him the big boost. So we all give different big boosts. So those were some of, um, you know, like I said, those were some of the big jumped players that jumped up into the list that weren't necessarily on it. So here's some big numerical jumpers. The biggest guy, uh, I think from a numbered standpoint who was on I was going to point this out. They were on the top 500, and then they moved up. Uh, the biggest one was Ricky Tideman, because Ricky Tideman is really sure impressive. And I told that story about hanging, you know, may or may not have been hanging with the agents and them kind of talking him up and even telling me, like, I remember telling him where I was, and they're like, oh, it's too low. You know, shout out to them. 39 strikeouts in 25 innings and five starts, a 1-4-4 ERA, cutting the walks down which I think is pretty important. He's got 12 walks on the season, but 10 of them came in his first three starts. In his first three, his last two, he's only had two walks total. So he had a two, a four, a four, then a zero and a two. Four of his five starts, he has had eight or more strikeouts in, and he has gone five innings in every single start. Here's another wacko line. The kid has not given up more than three hits in a single start either. That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, he's only had two starts where he's given up earned runs. He's had massive strikeouts. He can run and ride that fastball, which looks really good. You know, I mean, maybe you only listen to me and I, cause I could, I could also sit here and be like, I don't need to tell you, but it's like, maybe I do need to tell you Like he is pretty special. And he's one of those guys that he sat on the list, was a high walk guy, looks like he has rectified that, and it's doing big stuff for him. So he was one of the most numerical 
biggest numerical jumps, which is right around uh, the 200s, which is a huge jump for me, especially with pitchers, because I am uh, I'm tighter about that stuff. I'm, I'm quite a bit tighter about giving these big, massive jumps on early season stuff. But cutting down the walkouts and just watching more of him, you can just see how he, I don't know, just maybe it's maybe it's a George Kirby-ness that I think about. Like George Kirby just does such a good job of dominating with fastballs. And I feel like we're getting into this place too where you need, it used to be just like, hey, you're a big fastball guy, you're dominant. Whatever else you do just sets that up. And I feel like we've taken this turn into finding any of the guys that aren't fastball guys, big sliders. There it is. Big change up guy, big splitter guy, blah, blah, blah. So maybe even sometimes I'm a little bit negative on like, Oh, this guy's like a big dominant fastball guy. But when you can manipulate a fastball to do, to make it be three different pitches, it's something special. And, and Kirby has a, a, an ounce of that. I mean, sometimes just commanding a fastball where you want it is its own type of pitch, its own type of fastball. You know what I mean? And then you got these fastballs that can run. And then that can ride. And sometimes you can sink it and you can successfully bring it up in the zone. Like you can make a fastball do four or five different things. So it actually makes me think about Spencer Strider as well, who is getting a bigger boost for me, even though I'm, I'm so torn. If that guy is always going to be what he is, which is like a multi inning reliever, valuable closer, or is he, a, could he be a starting pitcher? Cause that guy throws two pitches. I mean, he throws a changeup, but it's like 3% of the time. He is like almost 70% fastball and then slider. That's what he does. But he gets huge swing and misses on both of those pitches. And it's hard to be successful as a starter like that. It's massively easy and successful to be a big fastball guy with a with a plus slider as a closer. But I just look at him and it's like, this guy's doing over four innings. Like he can come in and do, are we that far off from five or six? Can we just get him to throw that change up a little bit more? Or can he just throw those two and be successful? So I don't know. Sometimes I, I get lost, I think, with fastballs, dominance. But Kirby was an example of that. Kirby threw his fastball a, a whole bunch. He, I was noting this on the um, on the ITL pod, he had an almost 1,000 RPM differential between the lowest spun fastball he threw and the highest spun fastball he threw. 2,900. That was like brash type numbers he put. And he can command. He can do special things with the fastball. And Tideman's got some of that in some of what I've watched. You know, I mean, you got to be a lot more, but I see like McClanahan can kind of do that, though he'll go to his secondaries, but Kirby really does that. So uh, there might be a little bit of like Kirby's in my brain and I watch Tideman and I see the fastball move around. I get excited. I don't know, but I, I gave him a huge boost. So that's a player that has gotten a significant SP boost. Uh, another pitcher that did as well was uh, Brian Bio uh, with the Boston Red Sox, B-E-L-L-O. Uh, Brian Ro- uh, Bio, I think I believe that's how it's said, not Bello, but uh, Bio, and he has been phenomenal in his in his own right. Uh, he had a no hitter that I don't now. I'm trying to remember if it was like a seven inning no hitter on a double header or it was a full. I don't really recall. It doesn't really matter to be honest with you. In my mind, he's got a one nine five ERA, thirty seven strikeouts in twenty seven innings, and he has been freaking lights out and he's kind of he did that in 2019 he had some points where he was doing the same thing yeah i'm looking here it was seven he gave up seven he did walk three struck out five gave up no hits in on may 5th prior to that he had gone at least five in all of his starts and given up two earned runs in three of the four but his strikeout numbers have kind of always been up there he had a 10 strikeout game to start the year 
He's been big strikeouts. He's put the ball over the plate. He's gotten swing and whiffs, and this is a 22-year-old doing it at double A. So those are things to get excited about and give him, and I gave Bio a big, massive boost. And, t- and t- to be honest with you, if Tideman continues on this stretch through this next month, that'll be a more reason to like really settle him in up there. I mean, I think it's hard in my mind. There's like tiers you got to break through. And sometimes I just got to get a player to break through a tier, but when they can to break through in my mind, to get to like the painters and the Jamesons and the Walstons and stuff, it takes a lot. And I gave bio that general vicinity, but Tideman, I think the next range is like, can I get him to the Xavion Curry's and the Owen White's and the Jordan Palazovic's and, and that type of stuff? And I think it's pretty close. I think he can get pretty close to that. Plus, he's a younger guy. A lot of the other pitchers in these range are quite a bit older. I mean, I want to say the only teenage pitchers I have in like the top 200 are, geez, I think Painter. Because Painter's 19, Painter and Abel? Would that be? I'm just scanning through, so follow me here for a second. Uh, Job, uh, Abel's actually 20, so it's Job and Painter, and that's an Asturi. I'm sorry, uh, Yuri Perez, Asturi, Yuri Perez. So there's three pitchers that are teenagers in my top 200, and Tideman is very close to being the fourth. Very, very close to being the fourth. And all of those other teenagers, by the way, now that I'm looking at it, something to think about. Uh, oh, and Chase Petty. I, I forgot about Chase Petty. Okay, so there's five. So four, and he would be the fifth. Most of those teenagers are close to like that top 120. So it's it takes a lot, I think, for teenage pitchers to kind of get up that high. And I don't know, Tideman's kind of one of those players. Um, <clears throat> other pitchers, Maddox Bruns got a big boost. Hunter Brown with the Houston Astros kind of been running here. Michael McCreevy, I think I was a little bit low on. Uh, I really like Bryce Miller, Spencer Strider. I told you about those are some big boosts. Andrew Abbott got an, a nice little run, and you know some of those guys that have these early on successes. I get a lot of people are like, "Oh, where's this guy? Did, did he, has he not done enough?" It's like, no, let's just get a little bit more. If Abbott continues on and is continuously successful, I will give uh, I'll give big season run. I want to say the last time I watched Abbott, I could be confusing it. I felt it was very it was very salish, very whippy. Uh, which I like. I, I'm I'm about those type of guys. I think they give people fits. At high A, the 22-year-old struck out 40 in 27 innings. Absolutely unhittable. Absolutely does not need to be at high A. I would like him to leave. Can can we get him to leave, please? Uh, get off of uh, high A is what I would like to see. I'd like to see him in double A because he owns this level. Seven walks to 40 strikeouts in 27 innings. Absolute dominance. Um, when you look like from an in-game perspective, he has gone six in his last three starts each, and uh, he's gone five and four of the last five. He's given up a total of eight hits over three starts with one earned run and 26 strikeouts in those last three starts. I don't think there's much left to prove. So Andrew Abbott is one of those players. Get him to double A, continue to see him throw strikes, get some strikeouts, be able to whiff some of these guys. This is a 22-year-old at high A that should be dominating at this level. So I think that that's why it gets him on the list in a nice spot. And he could take another big, massive jump after dominating a little bit of double A. But the stuff is there. So uh, those were... Those are some of the hitters uh, or some of the pitchers. Obviously, Andrew Abbott has gotten a big boost. He's probably been the most ridiculous pitcher in the minors over the first month. He was already pretty high. I think it's really tough to really tough to push teenagers inside the top 100 with how long and blah, blah, blah. And you know how like 
you know, Tommy Johns can have an effect and pitchers and trade value, I think, are really difficult. Though the teenage, the, you know, like Yuri Perez has got such a unique trade value to his age, which you just don't see. But you do see in the elite of the elite teenage pitchers, you will see them just become almost untouchable. You know, McKenzie Gore had that for quite some time. Yuri has also got like, it's like, Martian 2.0 stuff that's going on with him where people are comparing him to Jose Fernandez and scouts. And then you see the success he's had in the minors and you put all those together and it becomes a unicorn. So there's, there's very few unicorn pitchers. I I legit think it's so unicorny that like you could pretty quickly get a trade for Yuri Perez and some little thing to get Grayson Rodriguez. And I think that's silly. You know, I think Grayson is special, but there's very few of these guys. Daniel Espino didn't even have that. He has that now, and he's post-20 years old. So Yuri is a special unicorn based on value, but pitching values in general are very dicey. So um, getting a guy that's two or three years away, three or four years away, that's a teenager with small sample sizes, like I think where I have Painter is good. But understanding the value of what he's doing if this guy does it all year, he could be, I mean, be like top five pitching prospect next season. Easy. If you can do it all season, it's, it's astronomical stuff that he's putting up. Uh, DJ hers, another one of those pitchers. I got a boost. Uh, Simeon Woods Richardson has had a nice run. I even gave McKenzie Gore while he's still prospect eligible. Another nice run. Some hitters. Adele Amador obviously deserves a big boost. And I think he got one of the biggest who was already in the top 500 jumps based on what he has done this season. Uh, let me pull up his numbers and he'll continue going. You know, I'm, I'm always a little lower level Colorado Rockies. We've done this before, but six homers, three stolen bases, hitting 326, has an over 1,000 OPS, just barely. He has been really, really good. And over, uh, let's see, in the month of May, he's only hit 278. So something to monitor. He hit 338 with all of his homers and all of his stolen bases happening in April. We're only five games into May. He's hitting 278. uh, No counting stats to speak of. No homers, no stolen bases. Uh, He's not striking out, which I really like. That's something, you know, hone in on these guys that can be like good, successful hitters. And he spread his power out a little bit, though, from April 26 to the end of the month came four of his six homers. So he had a nice little power out boost, but the dude can steal bases. He's hitting at a good clip. He's a guy that deservedly should be bumping up. But again, I say all of that. Is he a top 100 prospect? No, he's not, but he's moving in that right direction. Someone that I'm actually very happy that I get tweeted about him some because I I feel like everybody talks about everybody now. So it's like, who the hell do you associate? I always think it's fun when you can associate prospects with people but there are so many people that flood every single player all the time. I think it's almost impossible at this point. So it's always funny when there's someone you can associate with an analyst. And a, and I'm getting the Jackson Churio with, uh, uh, with the Brewers, who I brought up over an extended spring training. And he is having a phenomenal run since the call-up as well. Um, he was in extended, hitting some bombs. He got called up to a ball from extended spring training, and he's hitting 480 in six games. He already has his first homer. He's stolen two bases, four strikeouts, and only 25 at-bats. I mean, it's all dumb, absurd numbers because it's very small sample size, but the dude is finding early success. He has had a hit in every game but one, and he's had four multi-hit games of the five games he's had hits in, and he's played a total of six games. So four of his six games, he's had multi-hit games in, stolen bases in two of his last three, just had a homer on the eighth, 
And uh, I gave him a really big boost because I love his swing, but assuredly someone will quickly jump me on him. But I gave him a big old boost because I like a lot about him, like a lot about him. So he got the big old boost. Uh, Some other players as far as hitters, Matthew Lugo up. Moises Gomez. Moises Gomez might need to get another massive boost. I gave him like a nice big old boost just because of how successful he's been. Looks like he's making better contact, but that dude just keeps hitting. He just keeps absolutely murdering balls. And I want to see him get pressed a little bit more, but he got a big old boost. Uh, Zach Galoff, you probably would have guessed. Uh, Alex Ramirez, another one of those. He's going to get another run. Alex Ramirez with the New York Mets just continues to hit. I love this kid. And I'm moving up and up and up. He's obviously inside the top 200 and he's going to keep going. Um, Esturi got a bump. Uh, Kyle Manzardo, Felix Valerio. Those were some hitters that got some bumps. Eduardo Garcia. Uh, Someone asked me about Yerlin Confidon on the Patreon post. They're like, "Uh, he didn't really do a whole bunch. Just curious about it. I don't think I, I didn't give him an insane boost, but I mean, he is on this list. Uh, Johan Rojas, another one of those guys. You know what I liked about Confidant? I like the body makeup and some of the approach where everybody, again, they kind of lose their mind about uh, Ellie, uh, Ellie De La Cruz. And I like the approach by Yerlin. He's not going off right now, but he's just a big bodied bully. And I kind of feel like he's in that same mold as Ellie. He's not going to steal or anything like that. But I just really liked his approach. And he's under 20 years old. And I think he's going to smash when he starts connecting. So I gave him a nice little boost. Uh, Warming Burnable got a over 70 spot push. I mean, all those other guys got higher than 70, by the way, that we were just talking about. Shane Langoliers, I didn't give enough of a boost. But the next update, you're going to see he is 11 homers. He is killing AAA right now. He should be up with the A's pretty soon. Ezekiel Tovar inside the top 100. Gotta admit how freaking good he looks and how hilarious too. My comp where I was talking about Oswald Peraza, I still love Oswald Peraza, but Peraza's just been struggling and Tovar has been incredible. And those guys are not that far off, even like from a physicality standpoint. Though I think Peraza's got a little bit more of a upper body where Tovar is um, a little bit more thinned out. But Tovar just continues to hit, so what can you deny? Uh, TJ White with the Nationals got a boost. I really like him. He's a huge dude. Mason Wynn is inside my top 100 as well. And those are some of the big jumps, if you guys want to check that out. Some of the drops, again, I don't think I go crazy in hurting tons of players and trying to you know make them go away or anything like that. Like, I'm out, I'm out. But they've sometimes it's like just you know they can't help it because other guys have to jump them. Uh, Robert Puasen is really taking the hit and uh that's just it just doesn't look good you know he, he is getting better by the way but it looks so average it's unbelievable he might be a good defender i think he'll get a shot at the majors at some point i don't have a doubt in my mind about that but the guy just can't hit and when he does learn to hit will it be any impact that's what i'm concerned about but he is becoming a bigger guy he's not even off my list where i'll bet you many others have just dumped him out but um, we're getting big, big drops down. Gage Workman, I think I mentioned, was another one of those guys that uh, I just really don't like the strikeouts, regardless of anything else. And, you know, 22 years old. Bayron Laura. You know, Bayron, I didn't really love him in Extended, and I don't know where the hell he is. I haven't, I, I, I need to go over to Rangers Extended Spring Training, but he wasn't around at all during uh, Extend, um, no, no, Minor League Spring Training. He was not there at all. I never saw him. 
So I don't know if he went back and was dealing with stuff. I just don't know what's going on. Um, the body can get a little out of control. I just, uh, there's no reason to hold him like inside a top 300. Uh, my guy, Isaiah Green, I really do love Isaiah Green, but he uh, he's just not hitting for any impact right now. And, you know, you're now 20 and you're not in a crazy I mean, it is a big jump from complex level to here, but he's just not succeeding. So I got to kind of let some of that go. Joe Gray, Aaron Sabato. Aaron Sabato, though, you know, I gave Aaron Sabato a, a smack here, but he's got some really good underlining numbers that I would continue to watch as far as hard hit go if he could get it together. Wes Koth, I'm very disappointed in the start on him. Cade Cavalli has dropped down. Um, a few other players you could go through. I mean, there's some less crazy hits reg i had to give reggie preciado a hit he had just an absolutely horrific start to the year definitely weather things i think play into it but i can't value him where i had him and where i think the upside was when you perform at this level uh he's got it up he had an under 100 batting average he's up to 185 he had a like a six rbi game that really helped break out but he just hasn't um, he hasn't been able to string it along. And that's what we're looking for. Though I will say, though, he hit 122 in April. He's now sporting a 375 May over four games. And seven of his RBIs have come this month. He had two RBIs last month. He had a six RBI game, one other. He has only struck out four total times this month where he struck out 29 times in 49 at-bats last month. So the K number's already coming down. That'd be a 25% over 16 at-bats. Uh, the RBIs are there. He's hitting a lot better. So watch it. When I say I gave him a hit, it's like I had him in like the 60s, 70s. I just brought him down a little bit where I think based on the performance, people could justify pushing him out of their 200. That's not me. I don't do that. Uh, but I gave him a little bit of a drop just because, you know, we had to come back down to earth and how the performance was being kind of put together. But Reggie was one of those guys. And like I said, there's a handful of others from small to bigger degrees. You know, Jason got a little bit of a hit. He's outside my top 50 now, which it kind of hurts. I kind of want to, I almost want to be stubborn about it and kind of keep him on, but he's got to perform. He's got to perform better at this level. There's actually an interesting there's a Twitter exchange of this in, uh, I think it was this new NJ.com, this New Jersey article from a, a famous scout, famous, well-respected scout that said they were super unimpressed with Jason based on how there's no growth at the current level. And there was this other person that quote tweeted saying, I completely disagree. You know, he's looking better and better. It's a team wide spread kind of, um, uh, inability to hold off on pitches and chasing a little bit, but it's not just on him, but that he's approaching the ball even better. Eh, two homers, three stolen bases, hitting 235 at a ball. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think he's probably, you know, crazy talented kid who is lacking some of the up, lacking some of the stability things I think that was needed that is probably showing some signs of life, not showing the signs that we need. And bottom line, it's a 19 year old kid at a ball who's hitting 235. You know, we got to come down, but do we, again, do we lose the value? No, you as a fantasy owner should understand, understand the value of him overall. And I think it's worthwhile to keep him up in this range. I don't think he should be post 100 because I think again, the value, all it takes is a month. All it's going to take is that big hot month to come in and his value will change. Now, 
that's the, the trade value. It doesn't necessarily mean the long-term value. Uh, the rank update has got tons and tons of stuff. Top 500, I rank them out also by their team and their position. You can see the P180P, the Dynasty Top 400 is there. I'm not going to talk about that on this show, but I mean, that just always takes, it takes so much work, uh, the Dynasty the dynasty list in general, because they've got to move up and down. I actually see something I got to change right here. Um, dynasty value in general is subjective as always, because if you are a win now person, you should be looking at uh, older pieces and younger pieces differently. So it's a very subjective list of just overall values that you know really should be maybe looked at tier based. I also don't value like closers a whole bunch crazy in dynasty but i have moved them up but you can get the dynasty and i've got my top 50 amateur list which you know one thing i really was holding pretty i was holding on to was elijah green but but man drew jones has got to be at the top that guy is incredible i i had it um i just thought when i was watching them and i wish i wrote it down so stupid to not write it down where it was something along the lines of the difference between jones and elijah green Elijah Green is so unique in that he destroys mistakes. And when he gets a pitch that he wants, he murders it. He is a much better hitter than being given credit for, though he does have some strikeout stuff. Drew Jones is unique in that he finds a way to destroy all pitches. Mistakes he finds he he fi- I I don't remember exactly what it was, but how I wanted to say it but it was something so unique in that like not only is he not fooled he's so athletic in the box he's not te- he doesn't have to be textbook that he can destroy great pitches and mistakes and it's so unique as a hitter and all the video that's been out there prospects live has done a great job and some other outlets that have shared that you see all these different instances where he's just crushing baseballs and athletically he looks a little bit more athletic than Elijah Green like there's going to be more stolen bases and there's a little bit more projection so I moved him to number one he's phenomenal Kevin Prada with Georgia Tech is insane and I've moved him up a bit but I got a top 50 list from the draft class for dynasty value and that will grow into the June update and we will do some more coverage there so I thought it'd be fun just to talk a little bit about this Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed some of the ups and downs and ranks and just some of my thoughts. I will be back again on Friday because I got an episode with Michael Richards from Fantrax where we're going to be talking about all the latest and greatest. Friends, you guys want to support my friend Dennis Sidler? Go and check out sidsgraphs.com. Just finished his Luis Roberts signing, which was pretty awesome. You guys can check out stuff there. Uh, Khalil Watson is one of his exclusive clients. And oh, I don't know. Have you heard of Corbin Carroll? Maybe like everybody's new number one prospect who's insane. I mean, we didn't even talk about it here. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Trust me. But that's his exclusive client. Dennis has Corbin Carroll. Don't know the future of like public signings and stuff, but you know, we might have some exclusive ways to send in stuff via Prospect One, or you can check out his website, sidsgraphs.com. You can see product right now from Corbin Carroll, Luis Robert, Jordan Walker, and tons more. And you'll see some more in the future. Because like I said, Khalil Watson will be happening in the near future. So check him out on social media and online, sidsgraphs.com. You can find me on Twitter, at IsItTheWelsh. You can hear me on Fantasy Pros uh, a couple days a week. And of course, all my In This League stuff and InThisLeague.com if you guys want to support and check out the list that I have. As I do updates, you get those updates. And I do them every single month. Uh, I want to try to still commit to the dual monthly, though I'm not sure how beneficial it is because sometimes my thoughts and my work gets pressed a little bit later. 
but uh, we may still follow it because I already got tinkering today and, uh, you know, continuous updates on all of these lists that you guys can check out and you can get in the prospect one group me rooms as well at in this league.com. All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed the little bit of a shorter episode and we'll be back with all the great stuff again on Friday. Thank you for holding in as always. And I will talk to you next uh, episode right here. Prospect one. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.